Do you know who was named the best putting mat in 2022 by my golf spy? It was the mats from Birdie Ball. It'll help you sink more putts and make more birdies with a Birdie Ball putting green, all in the comfort of your own home. Check out Birdie Ball online at birdieball.com. Birdie Ball is here to make golf more fun and accessible. Find out more at birdieball.com. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, new sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Tomorrow's going to be better than today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Grilling at the Green here in Portland on The Answer and uh, in, down in Texas and in Tulsa and all those great places, and also were an integral part of the Golf News Network on iHeart there. Uh, we want to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. Don't forget, they've still got their 15% Barbecue Nation. If you don't know that, that's my other show. At their uh, online checkout, all you have to do is go BBQ Nation when it asks you for a code, and you get uh, 15% off. Great beef. And also, John Breaker and his family in Colorado at Birdie Ball, they're a big supporter of the show. We thank them. You can find out more stuff about Birdie Ball at birdieball.com. Well, I asked uh, our friend of the show, Whit Watson, from the Golf Channel to come back and see us today. He did. He was gracious enough to do that. He's been very busy this summer. I'm going to let him tell you how many times he sat behind the desk <laughs> up at Golf Channel. He spent most of June up there, I think. So, Whit, welcome, bud. Thank you. Yeah, June and July. We were just <laughs> talking off the air. It seems like every house fire day that we've had in golf in the last two months coincidentally i happened to be on the desk in stamford connecticut at golf central when it happened i mean i was there for golf's longest day which is the final qualifying for the u.s open which turned out to be golf's second longest day because the <laughs> next day was when the framework agreement that's not an agreement was first announced so i was on the air that day and then it just kind of seems like it's been one thing after another there's been uh, uh, you know, major championships for the women and for the seniors in the last week. And yeah. I just got back uh, Monday. I was up on the desk the week of Evian and the senior open, uh, which was an interesting watch. So you saw the last day at Royal Porth call in Wales, but no human should have been playing golf in that weather. Uh, no. And it was incredible. I mean, <laughs> incredible for us, fun for us, not so much fun for them, but yeah, a busy couple of months for sure. So let me ask you kind of a tongue in cheek question with when the, when the live uh, non-agreement agreement was, was posted there, did the guys on the prompter put a little mushroom cloud on your screen you know, so you can see it? I mean, you know, nobody knew anything on the first day. We just knew that, that uh, Jay Monahan and, and the, uh, the minister from the PIF, Ramayan, Al Ramayan, had appeared together in an interview on CNBC mm -hmm. saying, we're going to do something. And in a, a real lesson, a journalism lesson, because there was such a rush to have something to say about it, the entire golf media began incorrectly referring to it as a merger. Now, in their defense, the PGA Tour, when they first issue a statement, use the word merger in that yes. document, and then retracted it and rewrote it. The point is that nobody knew anything, but we knew that there was something. And you yeah. got all this time to fill. And I mean, on that day, I think Golf Central was on the air for 
something like seven hours without a commercial break. Everybody just sort of trying to regurgitate and reanalyze this thing that nobody understood. Right. Um, so it was it was kind of a mushroom cloud day, but I thought there were also some valuable lessons to come out of it on the back end. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many how many national outlets did you see that referred to this as a PGA live merger? Most of them. Every single word in that phrase is incorrect. It's the PGA tour, not the PGA. It's the public investment fund. It's not live. And now we know it's not a merger. And yet PGA live merger, the congressional hearings. Oh, that yeah. was the day I was on the air, too. I was on the air that day, too, when, <laughs> when the tour went to Congress. <laughs> you know, and their signage, the, the, the name of the hearing was PGA live merger. OK, everybody needs to just as Keith Hirschland, who a mutual friend of ours, who is the producer of the live uh, television broadcast. He and I talked on on my podcast after June 6th. And he said, we all need to just take a breath. Let this yeah. thing play. Let's find out. You know, and we're no closer right now to knowing what this is going to look like, but take a breath and kind of let it play for a while. I have a a, a very dear friend who worked for the Saudis, and I've talked about it before on the show. I worked for the Saudis at one time. This was back in the late 90s. Very short contract deal, but I did it. But my friend Bruce said um, this was inevitable that they would make some sort of of approach to the tour because the one thing that those guys over there do not like is they don't like bad press they don't like well nobody does but you know what i mean they they they're very image conscious there's a kind of an investment side to them and there's a political side to them and we tend to lump all that together at times mm. um so you know it, it, bruce just said this was inevitable he goes uh, he goes they've been talking about this over there uh because he just moved back to the states last year he said they've been talking about this for years over there but nobody knew mm. it you know so like you said i think everybody's got to take a take a deep breath and do that did even lynch's head explode when you were on the <laughs> You know, Eamon and um, and Brandel have really planted their flags on this issue. Mm -hmm. And to their credit, they have not backed off. Um, and the fact that the Saudis are invested in a lot of different businesses outside of golf and the fact that the there are numerous American companies that are invested in in Saudi has not deterred either one of them from their core message right which is which is the repetition of the phrase murderous regime um i think what we're learning is that life is complicated and yeah. business is complicated and things are not black and white and more than one thing can be true at the same time and I, i've heard that i used to say that to my kids all the time i've heard that described as what about ism well, what about the fact that we do business with China? And what about more than one thing can be true at the same time? Yes. You can disagree with the Saudi government's policies on a number of different issues, human rights, women's rights, uh, proxy wars, a number of different issues. Sure. And it can also be true that there is a business side, as you just pointed out to the government, that wishes to invest its money. Both of those things are true and they're not mutually exclusive. Right. And 
that's the part that we're all coming to grips with because had the tour by all accounts had the tour not agreed to to do something along these lines it could not have survived as we know it they don't have the finances to compete mm-hmm. and the, the designated events the now signature events they're calling them you know their sponsors were not as quick to come up with the extra cash as i think jay monahan hoped they would particularly when you're dealing with a diluted product right you're asking a sponsor to give more money to an event to sponsor an event that's not going to have Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Phil Mickelson, et cetera, et cetera. Right. That's not sustainable. So we we can debate the pros and cons forever. You can get sure. out of a rabbit hole forever, but I think the the tour had to do something. And in this case, you know, the something was to ensure the financial future of the tour, and that has to be their priority. Well, and I don't think this is just my opinion, but I don't think their program for the elevated events, which, you know, was going to take more cash cash infusion to do that. And that's a whole story in itself to me. Right. You've got elevated and then you've got tournaments that have been steadfast with the with the tour for a long time. And all of a sudden they didn't, quote, make the cut on right. the elevated events. So that just kind of turned into an egg beater for itself. Like you said, two things can be true at once. And yeah. and that was, I I did never see, and I'm not a finance wizard, but I never saw how the tour could sustain itself once it started making those declarations. All of a sudden we found $80 million in PIP money and whatever it yeah. was, you know, it's like, that's a lot of, that's a lot of scratch. <laughs> You know, and it kind of made Phil Mickelson look a little smarter, didn't it? Because yeah. he was the one that was railing about the tour's quote obnoxious greed end quote. And suddenly, the tour had all this money in reserves to help uh, boost the purses at these elevated, designated, right, whatever they're going to call them next year events. Um, and and the great irony is that in order to survive the challenge that came from Live and the PIF, the tour is only answer was to partner with them we're going to take a break we're going to be back with whit watson from golf channel right after this don't go away hi everybody it's jt and this is a special version of grilling at the green grilling at the green is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. Today, we're uh, fortunate to have Whit Watson from the Golf Channel here. Before we get back to uh, talking with Whit, a couple of things. The Portland Classic is coming up here at the uh, end of August up to the 3rd of uh, September. I couldn't remember what month it was there, Whit. Uh, <laughs> and it's going to be held out at Columbia Edgewater. I played the course uh, a few weeks ago. It's in great shape. So that should be a great uh, tournament there. And also here is your weekly, see if you can say this three times, golf trip travel tips. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I've learned that uh, when you're traveling to marquee golf destinations, you have to put up with little inconvenience, but dragging your clubs around and all that stuff. Uh, But it increases your chances of having your own sticks for those rounds. Uh, You probably heard some stories about missing your baggage. I have, suffered from that at times if you're tempted to try one of the club shipping services 
save that for the return trip. I would say any delay at the back end will not be as nearly disrupted. Um, and when it comes to desert golf in the winter, which uh, hard to say it's the middle of summer right now, but it is coming hard to beat Palm Springs, the uh, Coachella Valley uh, down there. And uh, like Indian Canyon on the South course, the classic club, desert willow PGA West and some of those. So be sure and bring your sunscreen when you get down there. And uh, we'd like to thank the folks over at Weston Kia. Uh, Kias are great cars and Weston dealerships have been around for about 40 years and they have one thing on their mind, customer service. I've known these guys for a long time. There's no better people to deal with Weston Kia over on Stark Street there. We got the business out of the way. Let's get back talking with uh, Whit Watson here. So I had a list of questions and as usual, I've thrown half of them out already because I think <laughs> I think we've we've covered okay. it. But when we were talking about that. The big news, I think, the last few days is Tiger is now on the policy board. Yeah. And Tiger's a smart cookie besides being a, yeah. a, you know, I think the best golfer, but that's up for debate with people. But I think he's a smart cookie. And I think maybe that can bring some relief, emotional relief to the policy board and the players. I'm not sure. What's your take on that? I thought that his his um, Tiger's silence was deafening. The mm -hmm. fact that he had not gone public with anything in the two months since that June 6th announcement was in and of itself significant. And anybody that covers golf knows, and you know, that you know, his comments and, and lack of comments are very, very precisely managed. He knows exactly what he's doing. And... I think that the time, I think he needed the time to kind of judge, okay, what's going on? You know, you know what side he's going to land on, but sure. how is he going to insert himself into this process? Because once he does, he's smart enough to know that he's going to alter the landscape. He, he's going to change the direction of where this goes based on how he reacts to it. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, you, you kind of had to be careful, you know, as to how you wanted to word this and, and what your play was going to be. And, you know, when I saw that announcement, that rather sudden announcement that, okay, boom, a guy who's not playing golf full-time anymore is on the policy board, I thought back to two two events. One was when Fuzzy Zeller made the comments at the Masters about what Tiger might serve at the Champions Dinner. Right. And made a racially tinged comment. Tiger let him twist. He let it, he didn't come out right away and let him off the hook. He kind of let him twist for a little bit. And Fuzzy made his apology. And then Tiger said something to the effect of, I, I, I forgive, but I won't forget. Yep. Okay. Contrast that to when Kelly Tillman made a, an ill-advised reference on a broadcast that set the golf world on fire. He let her off the hook immediately. He came out like the next day or two days later, because they were friends, they had a prior relationship. And my point in this long-winded story is Tiger decides when and where he's going to put his name on it. Right. And he he's at that stage in his career now where he knows how much impact he has. So it's a huge, huge statement and a definitely a sigh of relief for Jay Monahan that Tiger's not only involved, but he's he's actually talking but he's on Jay's side in terms of giving him a vote of confidence. It's a monumental step forward for Jay Monahan, no question about it. 
how was the the temperature i should say wit behind the scenes from the players regarding jay monahan when this first started because i know they had some very uh exciting meetings <laughs> i'll put it that way you know yeah. some people called for him to resign some people said that you know what I don't know if this is true, but I read it somewhere. Somebody kind of called him a traitor, blah, blah, blah. You know, they were taking pot shots at him, and then he fell ill to whatever that was. And now he's back. But has that kind of toned down, not just because of Tiger, but because of time, too? Sure. I mean, you knew that was going to happen. You knew that after the initial reaction of shock and anger and confusion that eventually the, the temperature would drop. There were, I mean, the feedback that I can give you is based on the reporters who are in the field that I talk to when I'm on the air in the studio. And there were a lot of guys, Shoffley made a comment, Scheffler made a comment to the effect of, he's got to build back our trust. Mm -hmm. And there've been a number of steps elevating Jason Gore to an executive vice president position with the PGA Tour. That is a that is a, a hat tip, a, a deference to I'm trying to get your trust back because Gore is one of the most liked and most trusted people in the game. And since his playing days have been over, he's been working first with the USGA in like a player relations role and now with the PGA Tour in this player relations role. And by elevating him and making a big deal out of it, I think that's the tour's way of saying, OK, we're listening. And this person is completely dedicated to the player's concerns. You know, um, I think, again, going back to Tiger, I think Tiger now being involved is going to also bring the temperature down. And, and at least players, you know, the initial anger was, you guys did this without asking us. We're supposed to be a player-run organization. We're clearly not. And how could you do this without asking? How could you do this without checking on it? Sure. Checking on, on whether we wanted to be here or not. And I think that part of it, just with time, is chilling out. Yeah, good. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. We're going to be back with Whit Watson from Golf Channel. Uh, you're going to want to stick around for after hours today, folks, because I got some real zingers for Whit there. But anyway, we'll be right back. <laughs> Do you know who was named the best putting mat in 2022 by my golf spy? It was the mats from Birdie Ball. It'll help you sink more putts and make more birdies with a Birdie Ball putting green, all in the comfort of your own home. Check out Birdie Ball online at birdieball.com. Birdie Ball is here to make golf more fun and accessible. Find out more at birdieball.com. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. We want to thank the folks at Painter Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and my barbecue partner, uh, Leanne Whip, and her uh, pig powder. She just lives a few miles from you, Whip. Um, is, has been awarded the best on the planet. Go to pigpowder.com. She will actually send you the product. She might even autograph a picture for you. But we're talking with Whit Watson today from Golf Channel. I think that... Um, there's a few players 
you know, John Rahm is still speaking out about stuff. His loyalty is to the tour. Uh, but one thing, has anybody talked to the caddies? Now, I know the caddies that went, you know, with Dustin and that, that's his brother, I think, or was at yeah. times, you know. Uh, but what about the tour caddies here? Because those guys, you know, their their livelihood is even almost more dependent upon how the their player plays than the actual player itself, because the player can come and go switch, you know, endorsements, whatever, choose the tournaments. We all know the drill. The caddies, they're kind of along for the ride. They do a lot of work, but they're along for the ride. Did anybody ever sit down with a handful of caddies and say, what do you guys think about this? No, that's a fantastic question. That ought to be your next show is get three or four guys in a round table and ask them for their opinion. Because, no, I've never heard anybody ask what the PGA Tour caddy thinks about this yeah. whole deal. I will tell you this, that I attended uh, the live event in Miami at the end of last season, their season's finale in November. And to his credit, you know, one goal that Greg Norman had in creating in, in heading up this new venture was to make it more player and caddy focused, but mm -hmm. taking care of the players and the caddies. And, and the one significant difference with live, they don't separate player dining from caddy dining. Like the caddies have rights yeah. and privileges on the live series that they don't have on the PGA tour. Um, they really take care of them. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty sumptuous. And I know that those guys are very appreciative of that treatment having come from, you know, what is, let's be honest, kind of an antiquated system on the PGA tour, right? right? They, the caddy can't eat in the same room as the player and they're treated like second class citizens. And it's just such a, such an old fashioned way of, of treating what is essentially a business partner on the golf course. Right. Uh, Liv doesn't do that. Liv really takes good care of their guys. I know that at the tournaments that I've covered, um, even the LPGA tournament. Now they, the, the folks at uh tournament golf foundation, which run the, or the, the event, they take pretty good care of the caddies, but they're yeah. still separated. They can't right. really go in the clubhouse. They've got a, big three-sided tent and they've always got great food and stuff in there for them and it's right next to the practice putting green so that's kind of convenient if you will for them yeah. to work with their player but no they they still can't go in the clubhouses and you know about sunday morning people kind of lose interest in taking care of those caddies and this is no slam on the organizers but they're more interested in the the final pairings coming down to see who's going to win you know like that right so and i've had a few caddies on the shows over the years and they are not i would say overly complimentary to the way that they they're treated sometimes so I, maybe i will maybe i'll get a, a round table going that's the interview that's that's a that's honestly that's a an angle that I have not heard anybody else bring up is about how the tour caddies feel about all this. Yeah. Once in a while we see a little posting on social media, but I think they're, they're reticent to go too far because their jobs on the line, and, and, right. you know, you know, like that anyway, um, in your, in your uh, permanent uh, chair placement up there at golf channel over the last six weeks, you were talking about, we had some really interesting things. Um, you know, the, the open, the, the women's open like that. How did you think the start with the men's, the open went this year? Did you like it? 
in the sense that there was one leader each yeah. week, each day. And yeah, I, I mean, sometimes it's just your week and, and I don't have the stats in front of me, but you know, Harmon was relentless on the greens. He just didn't miss. And the, the, his mm-hmm. numbers inside 15 feet, it was something like 48 of 50 or 49 of 50. Yeah. It was incredible. No one's going to beat you if you're playing like that, you know, and <laughs> yeah. no one's going to beat you. Um, there's always, I feel like Lynx golf, open, open golf, there's a greater chance of having a, an unexpected winner because there are so many variables yes. in, in those four days, whether the wind blows or it doesn't, is it going to, is it rain, not rain? Yeah, it's a course going to play fast. It's going to play soft. I mean, it was a one. Sh- it was a one shot penalty. It's a penalty shot to be in a bunker. Yeah. So, uh, I didn't have a problem with how it went. Um, I just think that sometimes you get quirky winners, and I'm not taking anything away from Brian Harmon, um, but believe me, he was a long odds kind of guy going into that week. I have no problem with the winner or the outcome. I saw a guy that posted his. Uh, he bet on through one of the online betting sites, he bet uh, 20 bucks and he came out with 2,500 on because yeah. he bet on Harmon. And I was like, I should right. have paid attention to that. <laughs> it would have been, uh, I could have taken my wife out for a long weekend or something. Yeah, you no know? kidding. Yeah. No gosh. kidding. Um, also, we got, um, you know, uh, Celine Boutier won the, won the Evian in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saganda, she got DQ'd like that. Yeah. I think because of this is just my opinion. Wit, I think because of the women's open being at Pebble Beach, that really elevated their presence on television and the awareness of the LPGA. Not just for people that work in the golf world or enjoy golf a lot, and people like us because we we pay attention to that all the time, but I think. The civilians, if you will, saw Pebble Beach. Um, their ratings were excellent. And yeah. I think it did a huge, a huge service in a positive way for the LPGA and the ladies tours. Your thoughts? I think, yeah, I agree. I think it was a big step forward. Um, again, taking nothing away from the first two major winners on the LPGA schedule this year, they were names that were not terribly well known to the you know right random sports public at the chevron and the kpmg women's pga so to put pebble beach on display and allison corpus was also not a household name but you had pebble beach on display for those four days and in a situation where those on the east coast can watch it in prime time which is always a big deal that no question sort of propelled the season forward and then for those who and unfortunately you know, because of the timing, it was a very, very early start if you wanted to watch golf, uh, or in your case, a very late start if you wanted yeah. to watch golf at the Evian. But by having a French woman win it, that elevated the story a little bit because that sure. had never happened in the history of the event. Whether it was a major or not a major, no French player had ever won it. And the celebration was off the charts. And it was just a great, it was great theater at the end. Uh, she didn't make it very dramatic. I think she won by five. Yeah. Um, but uh, but the theater was good because the crowd was essentially carrying her uh, to the finish line. They were willing her to win. I'd be curious to see, again, given the challenges of timing, you know, yes. TV times, et cetera, 
um, how the AIG Women's Open does coming up. Uh, what's the weather going to be like? Are we going to see a leaderboard again full of relatively new names? Uh, or are we going to see uh, one of the standouts, you know, kind of press her way forward? Are we, is Nellie Corda going to be in the mix down the stretch? Is Brooke Henderson going to be in the mix down the stretch? I think that has a lot to do with viewership, quite sure. honestly. But, but they're, I mean, they've had a great year uh, in terms of drama, in terms of visuals at the majors. They've had a great year. And they've had a great year. Uh with money i mean the yes. money the money at the open was significantly more um that was the that was the first time i think anything in in women's professional golf had gone above 10 million if i'm not mistaken whatever that baseline was there mm -hmm. and uh, personally i think it's great because if you've ever this is my opinion but if you've ever been to an lpga tournament on the ground the ladies are much more approachable than the guys guys have a lot more commitments it seems like especially if they're kind of a hot tour player like that and um there's a lot of kids that uh especially yeah. young women that look up to those tour players the lpga players and they and they do a great job you know promoting it so not that the pga tour doesn't but it, it's just a different vibe around them i found over the years i agree and they also play in in markets that are sort of more suited to mm -hmm. that kind of tight knit community feel. Right. You know, a lot of the places where the LPGA plays, it's the biggest event of the year. Absolutely. We're going to take well, one last break here and we're going to be back with Whit Watson uh, from Golf Channel. Whit does other things too, but uh, he's been in the, the hot seat for the last month and a half. So we'll, we'll be right back. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to uh, Grilling at the Green. I'm JT along with Whit Watson uh, from Golf Channel. Whit's going to stick around for after hours. Don't forget, you can hear the show. You can stream it from the uh, radio stations or listen to it live on the radio stations, but also on golf news net on iHeart. It comes on at noon on Saturday. So if you want to listen to it that way, you can. So this is kind of a personal question. Do you like links golf better or do you like the more kind of, I don't know, country club courses, if you will. I mean, what's your, your personal preference on that with as a fan, as a viewer, I, prefer to watch Lynx golf because I don't get to play it very right, often, right. if at all. Um, there's a course here in Orlando where I live called the new course at the, um, at the Grand Cypress resort that is kind of an homage or a replica of the old course. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of Lynx elements to it. That's the closest I've ever been to playing a Lynx course. <laughs> so to me, it's, it's, um, just more entertaining to watch golf on a course that that isn't familiar to me. Yes, yeah. I actually had a few years ago. I had a golf instructor who's a friend of mine. Uh, we were talking one day, and I I made the comment, and he kind of opened my eyes on this, and he said, paraphrasing what you just said, he goes, "It's more fun to watch them on those links courses. Uh, you know, in the in the open rota, they only play those." once every six years or whatever. So you can't get overly familiar with them. And he goes, and then you watch to see how good their skills are. 
dissecting the course, like you were referring to, to the women's golf uh, in the last segment. And I think that's true. Um, the only thing is, uh, this is no dish against Chambers Bay, but I played Chambers Bay a, a few years ago after uh, they had a press day up there after Jordan won, and it kicked my butt just big right. time. So I, I, and there's a lot of hills on that one because it's in an old quarry. So yeah, that one I still have a, a question and a check mark by, but some of the other ones are, are fine. Um, real quick before we before we wrap up here. One of the big topics now is, of course, and Jack Nicholas has been on this for years, and and Tiger's kind of sided with him on the golf ball rollback. Mm-hmm. But we came out, and and uh, Jay said, "Tour's not going to support that." You've got multi, almost billion dollar industries with golf balls. Those guys aren't going to want to reset things, and and that's just from a business perspective. Um, my th- thoughts. What are yours on that? Yeah, I've never really been a big fan of the rollback. I just don't think it's that important. I understand the concern, um, but I think there are other ways to make the men's professional game more challenging than, you know, bringing the distance down. I think you Mm -hmm. can, there's things you can do with where you grow grass and where you cut fairways and where you put trees and don't put trees, where you put bunkers and don't put bunkers. And, you know, some of these, I, I think the view has been, it's cheaper, quicker, and easier to roll back the ball than it is to go alter some of these golf courses that are becoming obsolete. Right. Um, I get it, but I just don't, I've never seen that as being a real crisis uh, in, in the professional game that we need to ask these ball manufacturers to go invest God knows how much money into essentially creating a new golf ball from scratch. That can't be a very inexpensive venture, I wouldn't think. No. So, um, and part of the appeal of, of this game is that you can go into a store and buy exactly what the pro is using. You can buy the same pair of shoes. You can buy the same golf ball. You can buy essentially the same clubs, although a lot of them obviously, as you know, are prototypes or what have you custom made. But I mean, you can, you may not play like Ricky, but you can look like Ricky for a little bit of money at PGA (laughs) tour superstore. And that's kind of been part of the appeal for a long time. So I've, I've never seen the rollback as being that big of a deal. Here's a, here's a, a question for you on that. Uh, like I said, Jack and, and some of the older players have really pushed that. But they were athletes in a different time and actually, from, to me, at a different description. Because these guys now train like they're like they're going to be endurance runners or something, you know? Yeah. Well, they were, yeah, just different eras. They were athletes competing against athletes who also didn't work out and right. drank scotch and had steak tartare for dinner. So yeah. it was a level playing field. And now, as you say... Everybody works out. Everybody. You go to a Champions Tour event and go into the gym in the morning and yep. watch Miguel Angel Jimenez abs- busting it. I mean, busting it, getting after it. I mean, that's, you know, uh, Alex Chica, who won the Senior Open, is in phenomenal shape. So it's it's relative to the competition. If everybody is doing it, you better be doing it. Wit, thank you for being on the show. Wit is going to stick around for after hours. That's going to wrap it up for us. Real quick, though, tell them how they can find your website and your podcast. Thank you. Uh, Whitwatson.com, W-H-I-T-W-A-T-S-O-N.com. And wherever you get your podcasts, it's called Media Credentials. Uh, You can access it from the website or find it 
Odyssey, Spotify, all the normal places you find podcasts. And but I, I do appreciate the chance to plug it. Thank you. No problem. If you ever need somebody to talk about cooking, you let me know. You um, got it. We'll be back next week with another edition of Grilling at the Green. Go out there, play some golf, have some fun, and be kind. Take care, everybody. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions LLC in association with Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.